All right, Austin fans, welcome back. It is a, man, it's a great week. It's always better to have a show uh, following a week where we have a win. <laughs> Doesn't have to do Austin. I'm Dustin Zare. That's Reese. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Alex, man, uh, you had the week off last week. Uh, Bradley was so good to step in and and, and help out. Um, yeah, How have things been going for you, man? We've missed you. They've been going pretty well. Have you know, had a pretty extended layoff from playing rugby because I had a foot injury, but starting to kind of wheels are turning and starting to get back into it. So yeah. just been kind of helping out coach and um, providing play by play broadcast yeah, uh, doing a bit Huns of, game. Yeah. Doing a little announcing for the Huns got gotten some hot water over that, which oh. is kind of dumb. Uh, yeah. How, anything you can share? Uh, secrets you can share with the podcast? <laughs> no, not really. But, you know, some people didn't like the lingo that I used, I guess. Um, so that had to, had to, had to, had to tighten the screws on that on mm. the second broadcast of Huns versus HTX. So, well, uh, two, two good, two good games by, you know, Huns and HTX, but they were both pretty great games, uh, close battles throughout, I believe Huns won at HTX and then HTX pulled off a nail biter. Uh, yeah. Last week at the Huns. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the Huns pretty much dominated territory and possession, but you know, had all that time camped out in the 22, just could only come away with 10 points. Hmm, um, sounds, sounds really familiar. <laughs> going trend in austin right now hey but what 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 is a good thing is that you know leading up until this past week of mlr that was a going trend but inside the 22 we were pretty darn good uh when we actually had when we had the ball uh and we're attacking so man let's let's jump right into it texas cup baby stays in austin final score 26 to goose egg Man, that's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. That's it's 168 minutes, at least uh, 100 170 minutes or something that Houston has not scored, and that is, yeah. man, that's I don't know if that's ever happened in any other major, major sporting of like rugby organization. I have to go yeah. back. That that's something I would never look up in the first place. The back to back weeks of zeros, but um, but let's let's get into the game because. It was a good game by Austin. We we showed. I guess it's a question of do we show that we're the number one team, number one defensive team in the league, based upon the past three three matches, or is it just is Houston really that bad? Like and just not cohesive. Like I thought we were not cohesive, but Houston was just uh, the word sixes and sevens come or the phrase sixes and sevens come to mind because they were they just could not link up. They couldn't get anything yeah. going and I, yeah, I don't know that, that was one thing that I took out of it but you know the match overall was fantastic for us um yeah I thought Houston looked just extremely one-dimensional and lacking in any sort of creativity yeah um not necessarily creativity like guys weren't trying to pass it it was just like they didn't really seem to be shifting the angle on their lines, running the ball, and they didn't really switch the point of attack a whole lot. I felt it was a lot of, you know, going the same direction a lot and throwing kind of just flat back line, trying to just find a mispass and just running into a lot of brick walls. And it seemed like Houston had, you know, very little to offer um, attacking wise. There was, they didn't, yeah. they never really put, Austin in two minds. It was pretty much like Austin could just tee off. Yeah. I, 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 it's surprising, right? Because Houston dominated per, they had 61% of ball possession, 61%, like, and 54% of territory. So it means we're, they're on, they're inside our 50 for half of the, for over half the match, but yet put up zero points. And I mean, you look at their attacking minutes, they had 21 and 21 minutes, 20, almost 22 minutes of attacking minutes, you know, one, it, it says a lot f- for Austin's defense that they can survive that. Um, it's also kind of sad that we only had, you know, 13 minutes of attacking ball um, and only 39% possession. But the the stat that really jumped out to me was, and you, you kind of touched upon it was just the game, like hitting up the gain line. Houston was totally. going yeah. backwards every okay. single time. 37% was, was Houston's gain line over like that's 
terrible. Like, I mean, that's, that, that's, you're right. They were basically just passing the ball down the line and running straight. There were no cut. There were no angles. Yeah. There were no switches, you know, and then half the time I felt as though Houston was, as they were trying to get the ball out of the rucks and the scrums, it was just like, I, they would turn to the right and then go, Oh no, we're going to go to the left now. And just, they couldn't make up their mind which way they wanted to go. And yeah. it just felt as though without Sam Windsor at 10 to kind of control stuff, um, he had brain fart through who played 10 right now. Uh, for Oh yeah. Povey. Povey, yeah. I just felt like he didn't like, there was no command and the scrum half definitely, uh, you know, they, he was, um, oh, who was it? Uh, short Zachary short just didn't control the game at all. Uh, for, for Houston, um, which is good for, you know, again, good for us sucks for yeah. Houston, but it's like, you know, I, I think from our de- a defensive standpoint, you know, we were solid. I mean, we, we may have defended. I mean, we had Houston had 739 meters gained. We had 471 and we had 187 tackles. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, usually when you have 187 tackles means you're on defense all the time. You're not playing and you're probably losing because you're not getting the ball back. Yeah. But this is like, if you looked at statistics and didn't look at the score, you go, oh my gosh, Houston dominated Austin in this match. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, uh, you think about it, like we're getting 78% gain line on our carries. Yeah. We're making, you know, what, 400 plus meters. Yeah, 471. We, 471 on what, 40 carries? 77. No, we had 77 carries. But still though, I mean, <laughs> I mean, so we're getting, we're getting a lot more meters per, per carry than, than HCX is. And then we're, you know, playing in the right, not that we're playing in the right areas necessarily, but we are not making mistakes, not giving away penalties in our own half. And I think that's ultimately what killed Houston is you just go, you run phase after phase after phase and you don't go anywhere. Well, there's a, one of two things are going to happen. You're not going anywhere there's going to be a knock on or there's going to be a penalty. And oftentimes the team that's going backwards is going to commit that penalty. And that was Houston. And I think we had, what three of our tries were we kicked into the, into the corner and, and yeah. eventually drove it in. Like, yeah, it's, that's it, it, efficient, it was, efficient on our behalf or on Houston. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you look at, you know, Mason Co- uh, cook, who was, you know, MLR player of the week, which awesome for right. rookie. And, yeah. and I talked, well, you, you know, and, I'll talk with him on the podcast. Uh, Alex and I recorded this after I spoke with him, which is the yeah. interview coming up here later in the show. Uh, Mason Cook, the sheriff, he's all over the place. Uh, ML, the MLR kickoff today too, as it launched. But yeah, he's everywhere. I know, right? But, you know, was chatting with him. I think the interesting thing that, you know, he, we, we, you and I talked about, we were worried going, okay, we've got, or not worried, but we're saying we've got Robbie Kutze. And then we've got Hugh Roach, who are going to be outstanding, super rugby players. You know, who's going to play? Who's going to play? They both get hurt. And, you know, granted, I think both of them are pretty close to coming back. Um, but Mason Cook, two weeks in a row, 80 minutes, yeah. both weeks, puts in a yeah. stout performance for both times. And this week, scores two tries. Uh, he, he will be honest and say, yes, it was just him pushing the rest of the mall forward. Um, but it just showed, it showed our dominance. Like our pack... You know, Houston's got a strong pack. Diego Fortuny, you know, they've got, like, he kind of, he is the anchor of that pack. But I felt as though, yeah. uh, and, and Kitish Vili, like when he came on, had a little bit of impact, but I just didn't feel like what Houston's pack should or was touted. They stood no chance against our forwards. Our forwards dominated that match. I think, I think the telling like point in that game was we had mauled in twice in the first half. And then the last play of the half, Houston had two attempts from, you know, our five meter line, yeah. tried to maul it both times and had good throws. And that mall went backwards both oh, the times. The drive was in, like, it, it was pointed yeah. out on the broadcast. Like, so, you know, if you were watching, you go back and watch the broadcast, you can literally hear it. And like, as soon as they get the ball in, the, the, the jumper came to the ground and all of a sudden, about six of Austin's forwards just drove him back at least five meters. Like to start off, yeah. if you do that in a lineup, man, you are like, you shouldn't have that happen in any attacking yeah. lineup. Like you should at least be, uh, you know, even if not gaining a meter or two as soon as you get that line out. But they were, you know, again, all credit to the Austin forwards. They they played well. Um, yeah. And for me, you know, it's, 
you, you know, trying to pick players of the week. And we asked on social media who were Austin's players of the week. There were lots of, lots of forwards on there. Uh, Dominic Bailey was given the, uh, the Ascension health player of the week. And I think he had, uh, I think, uh, you, you had it pulled up earlier. I may have mentioned it earlier, but something like 25 tackles, 25 tackles. Like, come on, man. And what was it? Three. I'm looking at my, my stats here. Um, you know, three of those were dominant tackles. He had, uh, 32 meters carried, you know, and again, getting to the rucks. And of course we're only getting to where we didn't have too many rucks to get to this week because, well, we didn't have the ball and de- defensively yeah. we're at, at rucks, but I think it's also, you know, another one of the forwards, uh, McLean Jones. I mean, he, he, had, he had 19 tackles. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, they said, well, they said didn't have any dominant tackles. I, I could have swore I saw one or two dominant tackles by McLean Jones, but it just felt like, like Jones, and Bailey were everywhere and they were all over the pitch and which is great to see and nothing to take away from, from Michael DeWall. Cause I mean, he, you know, he had 18 tackles as well. Um, but it just on, on screen, it felt as though both Jones and Bailey were just, I mean, just left and right of the, uh, of the ruck everywhere and making tackles. And I think the big thing for, for me going back to what Bradley said last week is they were making double team tackles and that was more important because in previous previous matches it had just been one-on-one tackles and the other team was getting quick ball but we reduced their quick ball down to i think like 50 percent quick ball and so that was a big change for us um you know what i like that we did this week that we did not against san diego what (laughs) i said win (laughs) yeah of course yeah win but um I just think it was smart to play Pelly for the full. I mean, he played 79, but basically the full 80 minutes. I Sid Shoup getting that first cap, though. Hats yeah. off to Sid. <laughs> Get the ball out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I, – I don't know why – nothing you know, really against Marcelo, but I, I don't know why we took Pelly off against San Diego because yeah. he didn't seem to be that worn down. and. I just think we're such a different team when he plays yeah. and when he's off the field because he just controls, uh, he controls the tempo and he controls our team so well. And yeah. I mean, we've seen so many times in the past where, you know, Austin will get off to a hot start and then, you know, just like the wheels will kind of fall off. Like we'll lose that control on the game. Yeah. Um, Ellie does a really nice job of just keeping us, you know, in control basically. And, I agree. um, Houston never, never dug into that lead because I felt like our decision-making was smart and we just, you know, made the game, made them claw back into the game. We didn't give them anything. And so, you know, I think moving forward, I, unless Pelly is just winded and gassed and needs to come out or it's picked, picked up a niggle. I think like he kind of has to stay in the ball game. My opinion. Yeah. I, I mean, he does. I mean, uh... Yeah, again, nothing against Marcelo because I think Marcelo he brings his own bit of you know explosiveness. He's very dynamic, think, and he's uh, yeah. But for but he's he's still young, and I still think that that Pele he's got year, a couple years of experience and more you know he's Samoan international, and so he got to yeah. say like um, I think you know, that's what I'm gonna go I with Marcelo. I think Marcelo did well coming in. He does better to me like when we're losing and we need something different because yeah. Marcelo is kind of a, almost a wild card. Like he just does stuff that other scrum halves don't do. that you are not going to be expecting defensively. Yeah, he's wiry. He was, he's wiry. He's nippy. He's, he's, you know, sneaky. he's a scrum half. <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's a typical um, scrum half. Yeah. And I thought, I thought he came in and did well against um, Utah when we needed a spark. Yeah. But I, I think unless you need a spark, I think you just got to keep Pele yeah. in the game moving forward. Yeah, the, the thing about me for having Pele is one of the, you know, glad that he got nominated as kind of my pick. You know, granted the three picks that the that the Gilgroniacs uh, gave to the players of the week you know, this week were the same three that were in the MLR yeah. team of the week. Yeah. Pele had 13 tackles and 13 tackles at scrum half and a ball yeah. steal. I mean, again, he was yeah. the person that you just felt like he was everywhere. And How about that? I mean, dish to Roderick oh, to get us man. the bonus to try like that and was it was just, just like it, it, it was one of those things where you looked at it 
and, and poor Roderick, like he still had to jump it. You know, he had to still leap through the air, but he just looped it over. what looked like five guys. And yeah, just, that Roderick, was just, Rod was just sitting out there. Um, we were, we were sitting right over there too, like in the stands. So we saw that whole oh, thing nice. develop. Just, yeah, that's that a good just, spot for that. Yeah. And, and I think for me, we talked about the forwards, the forwards did really great. If we talk about the backs this week, um, it, it wasn't, it's still, there's just still something missing. And I don't know what it is yeah. you know, with, with Bryce being out. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's it. That's um, yeah. I, I do think, you know, I, I like the way that Mac Mason gets ball in space when he, when he runs with the ball and it's cause it's not always an instant pass with Mac. Uh, I think he does really well. I thought, you know, I thought Ned Hodgson had a pretty good match. He got kind of, I, I wish he, I wish that breakaway that he had uh, wasn't called mm. back because of obstruction, but it is obstruction. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- there was, it was kind of iffy. And I was like, in real time, I'm like, oh, that's not. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it was totally obstruction. But, you know, I just felt as though it wasn't quite there. It was really interesting to see for the first time all season three fly house on the pitch at one time. Um, because when Ned, oh, right. when, when Ned uh, came out, yeah. I think Ned picked up a, a knock. And when he came out and, uh, and Kurt Morath came in and yeah. you, you had Mac Mason, Kurt Morath and Will McGee all playing. I'm like, oh, this could be really interesting to see what happens. Um, unfortunately, we never got the ball. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we just, we never got it out to the backs, right? Like when we did get it out to the backs, there was good interlinking play on occasion. Frank, Frank uh, Halai had a couple good runs. I think he had like 50 something meters and broke a tackle. But when we got the ball to Rod, absolutely explosive like yeah you just totally. there, there's just something and I, I i joked with him on social media that you know you that run that he had kind of at the end he kind of goose stepped for a second and like did a little hop and a skip and just took off but that explosiveness that he showed i mean teams you, you just you have to worry about him when he gets the ball in open space because he's going to make people miss and he's going to try to run people over it's kind of that football yeah. mentality so yeah, I know there, there was one time though, he did kind of go north to south almost about 30, 30 meters before he got rid of the ball. And I think he picked up about two meters going downhill. So yeah, <laughs> cut back on that uh, north oh, to oh, south, yeah. more south east to west. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, as far as, I mean, you're a backline player, like what do you think kind of the missing things are right now that, that that's happening that where we know like, you know, Connor Mooningham didn't have a, the best match, you know, the best match that he's had. Um, he didn't really get the ball that much. And so that kind of, kind of put a damper on him in that way. I feel like part of it is, um, I don't know. I like Frank is not a distributor and never has, has been. He doesn't have to, yeah, his, his goal is not to, when he, usually when he gets the ball, he just, ru- he just, just runs because he's on the wing, but. As a third team, um, he had kind of had to distribute more. Um, yeah, and I mean, he he's been playing Super Rugby, you know, for years, and played in France, and has always been a winger. So you know, he's accustomed to being a hard runner and a finisher. And then um, I feel like with Bryce out, we're missing that you know guy that can do both get over the game line and also distribute um you know with pretty silky hands yeah i think ned will get i I feel like ned can get there um but you know i think he's just kind of working into the system i know he he didn't get here that long ago yeah um but yeah i mean i don't know i feel like it's it's not any one specific thing that we're struggling to to get the ball shifted around i feel like it's you know we're not getting necessarily the go forward yeah to put the backs on the front foot um that we'd like and then i think maybe we're not um you know defenses are just kind of sliding out on us or or they're getting in our face and we're not getting clean hands i thought we did an okay job of finding space against utah and we didn't capitalize on it and that was obviously we still had bryce that made a difference. And Zinni. Um, and Zinzin, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's tough, right? Like, you want to have it, you you want everything to click. And I think coming up this week, uh, I know Bryce should be back. Um, I think he was said he was on seven-day uh, concussion protocol, which would have been ended last on, on Sunday, which is a day after the match. Um, but I think this week we should be getting more players back from injury, especially Bryce coming back. I don't know how long Zinni's still out. Uh, we are 
trying to negotiate. Um, <laughs> I say this negotiate with uh, the team to do a weekly injury update for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Just a quick, yeah. like, hey, here, don't have to say what's wrong, just like lower leg injury, yeah. hand injury, arm injury, out this long, out this long. I think it gives, you know, it gives clarity and it gives uh, a bit of transparency to the team and to the fans and, and what people want to see. And because you know, I've had people reach out to me, they're like, hey, why isn't so-and-so playing? You know, and why isn't Jeff Hassler playing? I was like, because he's got a cast on his arm. Like, <laughs> You know, so it's hey, it's one he can still ride a wooden pony though. <laughs> I oh God, I saw I saw that. That's that's pretty funny. Yeah, you can do that. So, yeah. well, I mean, that's obviously, cool. this week coming up is is big. I mean, first first away game oh, yeah. of the season, and we're going up against Nola. I mean, we're talking about a pack that's that's powerhouse. I mean, Nola is man. <laughs> um, I they have, feel like they, they've won a hundred percent of their scrums this season. Yeah. They've only played two matches, but they've won a hundred percent of their scrums. Well, I mean, I've been saying it for years that Matt Harmon needs to be getting looked at by the U.S. Eagles, but yeah. because he's not the flashy, like, um, highlight guy, nobody really notices him. Yeah. But if you watch that Nola scrum the last, like, two or three years that he's been there, it's just been dominant, and yeah. he's right in the middle of it. And I only know – I only really know about him because he, you know, played with my brother at Life, and I remember he was just a – dominant in the scrum shout out, to, shout out to your brother last week getting his first cat was it his first cat no second cat oh, second cat first second, start first start yeah 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 they looked good they they, they did yeah, they'll be coming to town in two weeks a couple weeks that that'll be that'll be fun you can go watch your brother yeah i was gonna actually i was gonna mention though about uh nola i feel like um nola and atl play the two fastest yeah tempos in the in the league and I think that that's not quite something that we've seen yet. So that'll no. be our defense has looked good, um, but they, that, that'll be something different. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, right? So I thought uh, Utah had a pretty good pace on their back yeah. line. Their scrum was good. Um, you know, they're just a. I, I again, they, I felt like Mikey Teo has changed that back line for for Utah. I thought San Diego would be better in their back line, but they were poor. Like I just thought, I, I think yeah. it was a golden opportunity to get easy points from San Diego. Um, the good thing for us, you know, we do have points. Like we're sitting third right now. We are one and two, but for each one of the matches, we are getting not only uh, you know, first match we got uh, two two points for bonus point tries yeah. and for. Um, the loss less than less than seven, and then we got another one for um, uh, for less than San seven. Diego for less than seven, yeah. and then two points this past weekend for four tries. So don't forget Jamie. Yeah. We got Jamie McIntosh. We forgot to give that shout out to, to Wapa for for scoring a try too. Uh, again, man, we yeah. had three tries in thirty one minutes. That was that was a pretty good strike rate for us. So I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think that. To me, what, what we're shaping into, which is not necessarily like the most exciting rugby for fans, is yeah. we're kind of becoming that basically like a very defensive and kicking-oriented team with we've got a lot of guys that can put boot to ball well. We're a kick meters. Uh, I was trying to find that. We had kick meters, 398. <laughs> we had a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like we are... And it's, I mean, it's because we've got three fly halves on the yeah. field off a lot of the time. Well, and, and Pele kicks yeah. quite a bit too. Like, because yeah. we, when we got ball inside, when we got turnover ball or when we got, you know, just the ball in general, we tended to be in our own half. And so we just kicked for territory just to get out of, you know, get yeah. out of danger. But, you know, if we can lean on that, lean on our defense and have a good set piece at a good kicking game, you know, that's a good recipe for, for success. It's not necessarily like, you know, I don't even think it's the running rugby that Sam Harris and, and Mark, you know, planned on bringing, yeah. to us. but um, it's kind of what our, with injuries, that's kind of what our personnel has called for. And I feel like we're kind of adapting to that. I think we just got to be better about if that's how we're going to play, then we need to be taking three points more yeah. often and, or, or at least converting if we're not going to take three points. What are your, what are your predictions for, for this week for Nola? Like what, what are you, oh, what are you, what are you thinking? I, don't think of a score. I just got, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be the toughest game we played, but 
for sure. In a weird way, I feel like we have played pretty well against Nola um, in our history. Like we beat them the first year, and then the second year almost beat them on the road. Lost you in the last minute, and then last year, you know. Twice we almost beat them on the road last in, in 2019, yeah. only because oh, we had yeah, to go because right. the hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we actually play pretty well down yeah. in NOLA. Not a lot of teams do. I think it's because maybe we're accustomed to the humidity or the heat. Maybe. Especially this but, week. Yeah. God, um, terrible. But yeah, I mean, I, we, we, we've had the lead going into like the last five minutes, like two out of the three t- last three times we played NOLA because we didn't play them last year. And so the last three times we played them, we had the lead going into the final minutes and, and yeah. tend to, and tend to lose it. Um, and we kicked the ball away and they, they took off for 65 meters for an open field try for uh, God, man, that was, that was, we should have won that one. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think we'll go. All right. I think um, obviously, like I mentioned they they play a really high tempo. Yeah. So they're always going to be putting up points. If we can slow I, down, the, if we can slow down their tempo, a little bit and we can, and we can kind of increase our tempo and find good, good, good ball out to the wing, get some open space, get the ball in the hands of Rod Connor, make sure that we can, yeah. you know, to, to get, get that explosiveness. I think, I think we can, I know people are saying like, there's like, it's a shoe in that no one's going to win. They're a good team. Yeah. No doubt about it. But I think we can definitely make a, a hell of a game for it. And, you know, I think we could pull out. I think we can pull out a victory out there. I think it'd be a great win for us. And the way the team's going right now, the confidence we have coming off the Texas cup win, I think it can happen. Yeah, I, I do as well. And I think what will be huge is if our, if our forward pack can assert itself, if we can like maul in a try, maul in a couple oh, tries yeah. and kind of get our forward pack motivated to stay on the front foot. I think that we can kind of choke them out of the game. And I think Nola will make a late comeback. And I think it's just going to be up in the air of whether or not we can hang on, but that, yeah. that's how I envision the game going. Yep. I think that first, those first couple, first two scrums before a penalty because of the stupid new law, uh, <laughs> be, you know, we'll see how those, how each team handles that one. I think that's going to be a big telltale sign. I think the first time that, um, I would say the first time we get into attacking territory, if we can come away with points, um, cause we got to keep the scoreboard taken over. Right. I think that's yeah. a big thing. Like, you know, we didn't, we're still just not kicking for post as much as we probably should. Um, right. Especially when we're right in front. Like, I know we want to score. Like if we got a line out, granted, few people are going to beat Sebastian de Chavez in a line out because God, he's, I mean, he had eight, eight takes the other day and yeah. you know, Two steals. He was also he was also in, in instrumental on um, both, or at least one that I can think of of Mason's tries where oh, yeah, he was he latched on and like you know I don't really know the jargon in the like the mall jargon, but basically he latched on to the back or side back of Mason while he was driving in the mall and basically just prevented any sort of hands from getting down to that ball and slowing it up and. It just—it was a really good, nice latch. I'll say that. Yeah, right. When, yeah. when you've got, when you've got people like Wapa and Patty and and Sebastian pushing right there, um, the uh, the opponent, the defense is going to go backwards. Man, those guys just yeah. plowed through. So, well, no score predictions this week. I don't know. It's going to yeah. be a good game. I, I'd like I'll to. Play, I'd I'll like to. I'll, I'll do twenty. One. Yeah. How about uh, twenty? I think I think this is the week that we really lock in on kicking for points because we know it's going to be a battle yeah i'm gonna go 20 uh 22 to 21 ags Ooh, okay i'm gonna take the ags i think it's gonna be i'm gonna go 26 22 ags okay. i think i I'm, we're gonna put up the same number we put up last week but i think eh, maybe uh, yeah we'll go that 26 22 i think we're gonna get a couple tries. I, I want to see that four point bonus try, but I think it may come in a couple different ways this week. I think it, there may be more, a couple kick for posts. And I, I made my math may be wrong on that one now <laughs> that I'm thinking about that. But 25 22. I'll put that one. There we go. <laughs> we'll put it up there. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the sheriff of the AG rugby team, Mr. Mason Cook. Be right back. 
Well, after a big, big week and a big win for the AGs, we, we had to bring somebody on who who made a difference, who played well. And you know, there are there quite a few people. You saw, um, if you're on social media, you saw the top three picks for the Gilgroniak Players of the Week. Um, it, it was no surprise because, well, three of those people also made the, were the picks that everybody voted on for the three uh, who made the MLR players of the week and of course we had to get one of them on and i said well we've got to get somebody on there who's going to stand out and of course it's going to be the mlr player of the week none other than mr mason coke from dartmouth college welcome to the show man hi yeah dustin thanks for having me appreciate it okay so there's there's been a debate last name pronounced coke or cook it's cook actually that's the rest of my family pronounces it cook I'll take about anything at this point. I've heard it all, but well, it is. So. Well, so the other one is, do we call you the sheriff now? Because we keep hearing the sheriff is in town. So let's let's talk about that first. That's the most important and pressing matter. Where did the sheriff nickname come from? Sure. Um, so being a team from Texas, uh, we kind of pride ourselves in kind of taking a peek and into that you know Texas history and uh, the Western themes really stick out to us. We had the Rangers. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, jersey presentations. It was super cool. Um, but way back at the beginning of the season, you know, every team needs somebody that's you know that enforcer. We're going to make sure the team rules are followed. Um, and team leadership group approached me and said, hey, you know, hey, we want somebody um, to be the sheriff. They, every every Monday, you're going to walk in. And you're going to walk us through who did what. There was against team rules um, <laughs> and other punishments, that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I, I took on that role and embraced it. And um, pretty well some sort of court that is popular in rugby perhaps that people may know about we won't say that here but yeah uh, the jury the judge jury and executioner for some of those is that is that what you you are officially as the sheriff (laughs) um something like that something like that (laughs) wait he can't really say so he doesn't get in trouble for you know breaking team rules and being to being able to uh put himself in jail for his own flaws There's an unseen benefit there. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe some of those secrets will come out later in the year after the season's over. We'll have to talk with, uh, with Coach Harris and Coach Jard and see if they'll allow any of that to happen. Uh, does, does that have anything to do with any sort of background degrees? Because, you know, that, that you may have coming, coming out of Dartmouth? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I studied biology and economics, so none of the... Uh, None of the legal or criminal justice side, really. But <laughs> that's all right. Well, we'll just just check. Happy to fill whatever role I need to. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, hey man. Um, obviously, it's been really exciting you know, for you. You know, the past. I mean, well, let's go back almost twelve months now, and you're you're finishing up at Dartmouth. And uh, was your season canceled uh, at the end of your college career as kind of a you know I guess a senior going to Dartmouth? Did you guys get everything canceled, or did you get all your matches played through? at that particular time when COVID hit. Yeah. So the last match I would have played would have been in the seventh tournament that was in LA um, sort of beginning of 2020 in February, beginning of March. Um, and then kind of approaching spring break, Dartmouth always goes on a little tour as a team and we play a lot of rugby over spring break. Um, that got canceled due to COVID. And then sort of from there, everything got the ax. So yeah. we, didn't, we didn't finish up. Yeah. So you didn't kind of like most of it schools yeah so you didn't get a chance to have your kind of like your college send off your last matches and things like that that traditional seniors would have had playing you know college rugby yeah it's it was definitely weird and it's a bummer to miss out on that kind of thing but um we managed and uh i think the group that followed us up had an even bigger challenge and kind of having to deal with the last year so oh, yeah i mean because um, they haven't yeah. been able to play at all right for the most part at least in some places around the country right so well i mean it's it's really exciting that, you know, well, you did get a chance to play. So that's kind of nice. And you finished your 15 season, played sevens, and then MLR decides that they're going to have a draft. Talk to me about, you know, we, we talk, I talked a little bit with uh, some other players like Connor Mooneyham about it. Um, what was it like kind of being in the inaugural draft, kind of getting the call? Because you were the 16th pick. You were the second pick that the AGs had, um, which was, I mean, obviously got to be pretty exciting to say, oh, man, I'm getting drafted to go play professional rugby, which, you know, and being in the inaugural draft, people are going to remember everybody who was a part of that draft. Yeah, sure. It was unreal. I mean, 
you kind of, I remember getting the call from Sam and being sort of speechless. Like <laughs> I didn't even know what to say. I didn't know what to expect really that night. Um, yeah. my graduation from Dartmouth was actually the next day. So it was kind of a big weekend for me and yeah. even like blew that out of the water a little bit. It was an awesome production. I thought really good for the MLR as a whole. Um, and being able to have a little bit of that spectacle and that kind of American piece that we had to sport was yeah. pretty cool yeah. to see. That's awesome. And you know, then you, you fast forward, you move from Dartmouth all the way down to Texas. And so, and, and now you're and you're here in Texas. So that's a, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of a change in, uh, in climate and, uh, <laughs> in, in states yeah. and everything else. So, but, it, but it brings you a little bit closer to home because you're from Iowa, right? That's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I spent, you know, about March from when school got shut down to, uh, October at the end of October, I moved out here, um, in Iowa, um, you a little bit closer to Iowa, definitely than <laughs> I mean, New Hampshire. We, we, we should say the caveat is Iowa is probably what still 12 hours, 14 hours away. Still, yeah. Still a good 14 hour drive for me to get down here, but, uh, it's, it's um, not a two, yeah, not a two day drive to New Hampshire. So <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, it's great. I, I felt like I really fit in and, um, awesome to meet the people around here. I think it's a great place to be. Yeah. And you know, for those who, I mean, well, if you don't know what position you play and you're an Austin fan, you haven't been listening to the podcast and you haven't been watching any games because we know you play hooker. <laughs> um, you know, obviously this past week, you know, big honors to be selected to the MLR team of the week, but also the player of the week. And I'll come back to that. But what I want to talk about is kind of the trajectory leading up to there, because uh, hooker obviously not an easy position um usually those in the front row uh have a little more um we'll, we'll call it a couple more seasons on them uh especially you know in the, in the props and in the prop position because you know the older you get the more you more knowledgeable you become of the dark arts as, as we like to say so i guess you know coming in you know preseason training camp you've got robbie cuts you've got hugh roach you know two super rugby players and you've got yourself Talk to me what that was like to start just working with guys that have played literally at the top level of professional rugby. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I've stood to benefit a ton from all those guys mentorship. Um, they've been great teachers and friends to me kind of all on the way. Um, you know, uh, Rochi and Robbie both have uh, plenty of super rugby under their belt and have been playing for a long time and are great players. Um, so I, and I remember watching both of them, like when I was, you know, 15, 16, just getting into rugby. And oh, I'm sure they'd love to hear that. Watching super, it, was, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was super, I was a bit starstruck even. Um, yeah. And, and just getting to work with those guys, I've, you know, my game has grown a lot in a short period of time, just being around those guys and all their knowledge and guys like Whopper and Patty Ryan too, as far as the dark arts of the scrum, um, being able to work on those things, they're great guys to have in the squad. So <laughs> Yeah, been very helpful for me. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, obviously, yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the podcast when we were going through each one of the positions and saying, you know, we were hoping that you'd get a little bit of playing time, you know, just to get that experience to build up. Um, you know, Alex and I both said, and I think, and even Bradley said it too, like, well, I think Mason's going to get in maybe like halfway to the season once people need a break and stuff. Obviously, then injuries hit, and last week. You know, Robbie and Hugh both are both out with injuries and kind of and put us down. You know, you've played in the past two weeks. I want to make sure I get my stats correct here. Uh, week two, you were the performance, uh, the Ascension performance of the night. 80 minutes, six carries, 37 meters, 18 ruck arrivals. And then, of course, uh, performance this past week against Houston. 80 minutes again, 100% tackle rate. I want to point out that that tackle, like you talk about tackle rate, like you had 15 tackles, one of them being dominant tackle. And then obviously, you know, you've 50, almost 50 meters carried a tackle break, which I always love to see hookers and forwards getting tackle breaks. That's lovely. And again, two tries. What, what, what I mean, what a performance. It's 160 minutes, which is not common for front rowers. Like most front rowers, like you're going to get subbed out. So uh, first question, what's, what's the feeling been like to get on the field and score two tries in a match? Uh, second feeling, how's your body holding up considering that you just played 160 minutes in back-to-back -back weeks? Yeah, I mean, in regards to the tries, I guess, um, yeah, again, those, those are both results of some great mall attack from from our guys up front in oh, the pack, sure. uh, you know, 
Um, it doesn't take like a ton of skill to be at the back and to, just to, kind of follow to the push, crowd. To push people forward and be like, you just, exactly, just going to be honest. So um, <laughs> you're just, definitely you're just driving them with the whip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and they get the job done. Yeah. So um, they, they flatter, flatter my uh, stats quite a bit. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the feeling, the feeling is great, obviously, like it's been super cool to get all the recognition um, as of late, you know, I, I look around and I see a lot of guys who I think had a ton of influence on that game to get oh, that sure. sort of nod is, is a big honor for me. So, and then, um, yeah, in regards to the body, you know, we've been, been a couple of long days in the office, um, definitely <laughs> recovery, definitely a bit sore on the weekend, but um I'm uh, still young and bounce back pretty quick. So uh, oh. I'm feeling okay hanging in there. Uh, to be young. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously so, yeah, we're, yeah. we're working on, you know, just kind of the overall play, um, you know, first couple of games of the season, we're so close. We've got the number one defense in the league. What do you think, you know, kind of attributed to, that what has attributed to that defense, you know, for you all, because you, you guys have been stout on defense, you know, this past, uh, the past three weeks, like it's been, you know, incredible performance, you know, I get, you know, somebody said the other day, well, Houston hasn't been playing that well, but still to put up a goose egg on someone, you know, in MLR is it's not common. Um, unfortunately Houston had it in back-to-back weeks, but it's not common to do in general when the average point scoring for the league, I think is somewhere around combined 40 something points a match. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we have a lot of confidence in the defensive system that Sam put together. Um, that and defense is a huge attitude thing. Like, you know, we take a lot of pride in the mindset that we're going to get set quick and get off the line and put teams under a lot of pressure, you know, and we can recover if we're a couple down on the edge. Um, so, so we back that and, uh, just to take a lot of pride in getting on the front foot, um, right away and winning that physical battle. So, um, yeah, defenses. We're going to keep defending the rock for sure. That's awesome. You know, I, I think when we, we we talked about it, you know, the San Diego match, we felt that uh, you know, Bradley and I felt like there was kind of there were too many one on one tackles. There weren't enough, you know, two person tackles. Was there some sort of transition that happened this past week? You know, in practice to say, hey, we need to get like two more on the, you know, one in the tackle, one jackling quickly. You know, kind of a double team tackles because uh, I felt as though that sort of play changed for you all this week. Was that something in, in practice last week that you were talking about? Yeah, it's definitely something that we trained um, and something we wanted to have in the beginning, but um, just being able to execute better on that timing and, and learn kind of how to play around one another's tackling style and, and get in there in the right way as that second man, um, sort of important. So as we continue to build that chemistry, I think you're going to see a lot more of that two-man tackle action and um, that turnover threat. I think we had nine turnovers something yeah. like that on the weekend. Yep. Um, so. We're hoping to keep the defensive system strong, keep attacking that ball defensively. So that's awesome. So obviously coming up, you, you've got Nola. Nola is they are they score a lot of points. They've got some pretty outstanding wingers, uh, good forward pack. Uh, you know, without giving away trade secrets, knowing that pro- no one from Nola probably listens to this. <laughs> um, what, what's been kind of yeah the approach going into this week? You know, obviously, you know, guys are still coming back. I think uh, Bryce Campbell maybe you know, at least potentially penciled in to be back this week from injury. Uh, and I know guys are starting to come back into the fold from injury. You know, what's been kind of the mindset and what's kind of the way, uh, the, the practice like going into this uh, this coming match on Saturday. Yeah, with regards to the injuries, I mean, we have we have a bunch of guys that are you know working their way back, and um, we've got a great staff keeping people healthy. So um, look out for some faces that maybe took some breaks to be back in the lineup for sure. Um, and then in regards to just the approach to Nola, uh, yeah, like you said, they they have some pretty threatening outside backs and a pretty powerful forward pack to boot. So um, we're, we're definitely looking to. I mean, really short things up and focus on us. I know we just talked about a defensive system. That's going to be a big point of focus for us to keep, um, you know, you know, keep their attackers engaged. And um, then on the attacking side, kind of looking to expose the weaknesses that we see in their defense, especially offset piece. Yeah. Um, so, so look, look for some good strike moves for us this week. So it's kind of the plan. Nice. Well, you know, obviously I, we, we don't want to ask all serious questions here because that wouldn't be good. Uh, you recently appeared on an episode of uh, the MLR kickoff. Um, and by by recently, I mean yesterday. <laughs> you got to talk to one of the OG Gil Groniacs himself, Mr. Dan Power. Um, 
who's a better announcer, Dan Power or Kit McConico, who announces all the most of the Austin games? Hmm. That's, <laughs> that's I I don't know if I can pick that. I, I might need to take the apolitical side. It's it's tough to choose from two grades of the game. Yeah, um, that's okay. I was just more for fun. I don't know who I'd rather speak to. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's good. So obviously, you know, we we talked about your your nickname being the sheriff. Uh, you were a wrestler growing up. You know, Dan asked you about, you know, who are your top three wrestlers? Did you have a nickname or what would be your WWF or sorry, WWE nickname? WWF, that tells my age. That's what, <laughs> what, what, what would be your, your nickname and then your intro, you know, what kind of entrance music would you, did you want to have? <laughs> Interesting. I, 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 now that I think about it, I'm really enjoying the sheriff thing. Um, I, I wouldn't mind playing off that. I, I don't, I don't know if you saw, but, uh, um, I, I like to add a little bit of music kind of each week to my Instagram story of the team lineup and uh, bad boys, <laughs> bad boys, um, bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? Like, <laughs> I, I think coming out in a good sheriff outfit yeah. with the shades on and a nice big hat. Rem- uh, remind, that song playing. Reminds me of the uh, you know, big boss man from WWF way back in the day. So right. Go back, watch him. So that's good stuff. Um, right. So a uh, player on the team who are, uh, so, well, let's do this one. So Cam Dodson is your roommate. Who's a better cook, you or Cam? Oh, Cam Cam's a great cook. You Oh yeah? Uh I I you know, I, I know my way around the kitchen. Um <laughs> you know where the plates are? But uh I know where the plates are. But um Cam 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 makes some mean meals around like uh let's see. I think just the other day he made a, a nice cottage pie. He's a big pies guy. Yeah. Um being from yeah. the UK where that's yeah. really popular. Um, he does he does a great job. I've been very impressed. There you go. All right. <laughs> um oh, I had the other one. I pull my other question. Okay, yeah. So as far as you know, front rowers, um, I used to play hooker many, many years ago as well. Um, there are only things that, you know, people kind of talk a lot in the front row during the scrum. What's the weirdest thing someone has ever whispered to you in the front row? <laughs> Uh, this does, in the interest of keeping things like family friendly, it doesn't um, have to be. It's not a family. Well, I mean, we are family friendly, but we do have a warning on there that there um, may be I have, dropped. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, let's see. I don't know if I have anything off the top of my head, but I've had I had one guy who consistently um, just like blew in my ear for the entire <laughs> like every time from the start. Um, oh, it was super weird, and it wasn't even like a it wasn't like an aggressive or just like. It was a light, there's a light blowing. It was, it was, a, it was a, sensual blowing is what it seemed like. <laughs> I don't know whether that helped or hurt my scrummaging. But. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a trick you can pick up and pass along later and see what happens. Yeah. That the old, you cover the opposition hooker's eyes. If you reach your hand in the right way. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, who's the, uh, who would you say is the funniest player on the team? Oh, that's that's tough. We got a lot of personality for sure on the you, team. You do. Uh, yeah, Hugh Roach is a very funny guy. Um, Sid Shoop's really entertaining to be around. <laughs> Always has something something to say. Um, <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad? Yeah, we, have, we have a lot of laughs. It's tough. It's tough to choose there. All right, and then la- last one here. You can play any other position on the pitch. The coach put me in. Like you know, you know, we've got all the hookers are. are you know, you're not playing hooker a week. What are you playing? What position you playing after that? Because because you did slot you did slot in was it the first week of the season you did slot in at flanker for like a scrum down I believe did I see you at flanker yeah like I, I played scrum? a little bit of back row in my day. Um, I mean, if it were based on the scale and body type alone, that's probably where I'd have to go. But you um, really want to play. But you really want to play ten, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> I would love to play twelve actually. Twelve. I, I could really see myself embracing that, that hard line running 12 roll D- downhaul crash ball runner <laughs> just run people over cool well we always give everybody a few minutes at the end give a little love shout out whatever you want to do so you know we don't thank you for coming onto the podcast as obviously but we'll give you just a few minutes here a couple seconds to say hey to whoever you want to say hey to and tell them to tune in again this week yeah sure i, I guess i'll just give a shout out um to the i was at a youth rugby club back back where i'm from um, and uh, Joshua Flam, kind of one of the coaches back when I used to play out there. Um, love to see them growing the game out in out in Iowa City, um, and hope to get them down to Austin for a game pretty soon. So for sure, 
Sweet. Awesome, man. But hey, we really do appreciate thanks for coming on. I mean, two great performances in a row. Yeah, obviously we 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 can't ask for anything more. You know, the guys have everybody's been given their their all those past couple of weeks. You know, two close losses the first two weeks. I mean, God, three points and you know, uh, or two points and one point. So it's like uh, just kind of nail, nail biters and or two points and three points. Excuse me. Um, and, and I know that you guys put everything in and and came out with a really solid performance. We're really hoping for another big one this week, and you know, we wish you guys and uh, you know, wish you all the best. And who knows, maybe a couple more tries on the docket this week with a couple of rolling malls. We hope so. We hope so. <laughs> well, thanks again. Appreciate it. Mason Cook. Cook. Everybody, not, not co- Cook. <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Mason. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for continuing to listen, continuing to watch the pretty faces that are Alex Reese and Dustin Zare. Uh, beautiful, right? <laughs> As if people are listening, they're going, I don't know what you guys look like, so it doesn't really matter. So, <laughs> Well, Alex, we are the Austin Rugby Podcast, right? We talk. We've talked Huns Rugby. We've talked Blacks Rugby. Um, we, we've talked about... Uh, let's see. We, we talked about Falks. We talked about, uh, well, I haven't talked about them on this podcast, but I will right now. Um, we talked about on Texas rugby monthly was the new team, the women's team up in the round rock Pflugerville area. Um, oh, rage. the round rock rage. So that was yep. pretty cool. Uh, and uh, new women's team coming out. It'd be exciting to see yep. them. I don't know if they're, are they playing any matches anytime soon? Do you know, have you heard anything? From them? Uh, I, I mean, I would think so. I know that. Yeah. yeah. I know they're training. The TRU for the women are doing, you know, a little circuit of um, sevens for, okay. you know, because teams are all in numbers. So yep. um, hopefully, hopefully they can, uh, you know, it's round still- up enough players to come out next yeah. weekend. It's going to be games in Austin. So yeah, I know um, Lake, Lake, Tra- Lake Travis plays this weekend too. They've got a one o'clock match on Saturday. We posted that on social media. Um, I don't know if, if any, if West, is Westlake playing this weekend? Do you know? No, I think Westlake's off this weekend. They did beat um, Rock last yeah, week, last but weekend. Rock Rock this week plays Woodlands, who are oh, the yeah. um, like two out of the last three state championships in Texas. So yeah. uh, Woodlands is is definitely one of the powerhouses in the nation now. Yep, for sure, for sure. Well, we have that, and that's all rugby union. Yeah, and if you if you know where I'm going with this, you you. We you you may want to go well. What's what do you mean rugby? And that's rugby. So for those of you new to the to the world of rugby, rugby is broken up into two codes, right? So you've got what we all talk about right here on the podcast is rugby union. So fifteen aside, you know you know the rules. You've seen the games. You know. Uh, however, just recently it just got announced that there will be a new professional rugby team in Austin, and it's a rugby league. Team. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird to say a rugby league league, but it's the North American Rugby League (NARL). It just got formed, um, and just weeks weeks ago or so, I believe a couple of weeks ago officially. But it's teams from from all over the West Coast. There's teams in Phoenix. There's teams in San Diego. The San Diego Swell, I think they called them. Um, there's going to be a team in Portland. A team in maybe San Francisco. A couple other places, but. You know, of course, then there's the Toronto Wolfpack out of Canada and the Ontario or in the Ottawa Aces. So two long-standing, very well-known rugby league organizations out of Canada. And then, of course, all along the East Coast, there's teams. And here in Austin, your very own Austin Armadillos, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which I think is awesome. Um, you know, I'm here. Here's here's my thoughts on it. Right. I love I like rugby league. People, people who are rugby union fans may not appreciate that, but I really don't care. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I watch the NRL religiously, uh, just like I watch the MLR. And so I think it's, it's kind of fun. I had a chance to talk to one of the people who are uh, kind of heading up the organization here in Austin. Um, they're working with a lot of different teams, a lot of different cities right now. We did find out that the, their open tryouts are going to be in Las Vegas on the 15th and 16th of May. And as of right now, they're doing that because they want to take a centralized training approach, right? Uh, people who are maybe crossover athletes, 
people who are, you know, rugby players who are interested and just want to go play because of COVID protocols in different states and travel and everything. They thought, hey, if we play and have all of our training in Las Vegas for the first season, um, which starts in June, I believe. So like two months away, so right around the corner. Uh, you know, they said, hey, let's let's take care of this and let's uh, let's have everybody in Vegas. We'll do a combine of sorts and we'll get people on different teams. They've already got some big names from an East Coast team coming from, you know, older players from the NRL, just like MLR does. And so uh, I, I thought it was uh, very interesting and thought we should quickly chat about that. Alex, what are your thoughts yeah. on Austin getting a second professional rugby team in the Dillos? I I love it. I mean, I um, ain't really any sort of, you know, rugby involvement, any sort of team. I don't care if it's a men's D3 or a, you know, a new high school team or a new touch team or a new rugby league team. I love it. I just, I think it's awesome just to have the sport, you know, continue to find new people. Um, and it kind of gives us an extra team to, to support in yeah. Austin. We've got the, the AGs. And now I think in a couple of weeks, Austin FC will have their first game. Yeah. And then, um, and then the Austin Armadillo. So I'm, I'm excited and too. And Don't forget about the Austin bold. Since we, yeah, since Austin we, since bold, we share right? the same field. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oops, not trying to diss the bold. Um, but yeah, it's, no, it's, but, uh, it's exciting. I, yeah, I, I, I've actually never seen Rugby League live. I've only ever watched uh, Super Super League on TV, the English League, and then um, and then NRL. NRL, yeah. And um, I think it's awesome. And I th- I'd I love to play it. It's, it's, Honestly. yeah. I think here's the thing with, with rugby league and what I've always said. So, rugby league, you get basically five tackles and then you have to kick the ball away. I equate mm-hmm. rugby league to a bridge to, to, from, from football, American football to rugby union. So, I love, you know, we, Alex and I, we played rugby union. Like, I love rugby union. That's my favorite. Um, rugby league is, <laughs> for better or worse, is the gateway drug to rugby union. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a football if you're a football fan in Texas or if you're a football fan in, in America you want to go play you, you want to watch something that's similar so less players on the field which means it's faster paced right it's a more open space tackles are hard like if you go watch some rugby yeah. league matches tackles are hard I think um, it's a lot more physical it's super physical we I, I tell you, go back and listen to the podcast we did with, with Coach Harris and Coach Gerard. So they both played rugby league. Sam Harris played for Manly Sea Eagles. Like he played in the NRL. Um, he yeah. knows. Uh, I think that there is some credibility, and I think it maybe has something to do with our defense too, because yeah. rugby league, you have to have solid defense and you have to have solid yeah. back line coming up together. And I think it boasts well for people who are rugby union. So that's that's my take on it. That's that's what we got. A new rugby league team. If you want to follow them on social media, the Armadillo, Armadillo Rugby is what you go for. They've got a Facebook page. We'll we'll post stuff on on the supporters group. We'll yeah. <laughs> what I'd be curious is if they have like a separate season than the rugby union and MLR. Yeah. Like if any MLR guys would play would be dual code players. Potentially, I you know we used to have two players played who played dual code and 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 penny penny played and then yeah. um uh oh sione played sione played yeah that's good think of the name gabe, gabe, and gabe, oh yeah, gabe farley gabe you know so they both uh, all three of them played all the, all the aussies play because it's bigger it's the bigger sport in australia and australia is the best yeah for the league in the world but yeah. um all of those guys um, said that they enjoy league more, which I've always found interesting, yep. you know, cause I was, you know, wanted to scoff at, Oh, I would, I would never play league. Like I'm not, I, I'm a union man. Like I'm only a union man because that's the only thing I've ever played. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing that was ever you know? been available to us to play. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I would, if I would like rugby league more, you know, it's, it's, you can't be fat and play rugby league. That's nope. for sure. Well, yeah, you've got to be thick. <laughs> yeah. We'll see more, more to come more on the podcast for that one. Uh, shout out to the guys at, at the Austin Armadillos uh, for having a conversation with me. You know, maybe sometime soon uh, we'll, we'll get them on the podcast and, and chat with them about, yeah. you know, Armadillo rugby. I don't know. It'll be, be fun to see if you're interested and want to go find out more information. Uh, you can go to N- NARL 
that's just NARO, North American Rugby League, um, on their face on the Facebook pages, and they should have uh, signups coming out soon to go to to Las Vegas for the for their combines and tryouts. Uh, um, if you want to follow us on social media, which we really would like you to do that, Austin Rugby Supporters on every channel. Uh, we don't have Twitter. I have my own Twitter, but it's just <laughs> can't can't manage it all. Um, but it's it's a good another big week, Alex. Big match, big match this week, man. Yeah, I know. Let's go twenty two twenty one. That's 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 the call. It's, we're we're gonna do it. I I, I got that. You gotta have the faith, man. We got. I think that we're we're coming together. We're, we're, we're bringing I the band, so we're bringing the band together. It's gonna be great. Thanks everybody for joining. Again, go to Spotify if you wanna if you are watching and wanna listen to us on your drives to Nola. If you're going to watch the match, if you're going to watch the match in person this week, it's at Greenlight Social. Um, go. Don't forget to do your social distancing and masks and everything that they have at all the bars in Austin. But uh, it's going to be on the on the tube there. You can go watch the match on the Rugby Network. Uh, I think it's a day after because we're actually going to be broadcasting it on KBVO, I believe. Oh, I think it is still broadcast. All of them, all the way matches are broadcast on KBVO as well. But we'll see. For Alex Reese, I'm Dustin Zare saying thanks for joining. And until next time, we'll see you on the pitch.